0: Block Talk Radio. you on the Giants Beat on Scout with FoxSports.com. Welcome to the Giants Beat Podcast. This is David Aiken here with Aaron Jorick, and this is our draft preview it's, a, it's an exciting time for all teams, really, You, especially for a team that finished so poorly as the Giants did. Uh, this is really what you look forward to, especially with that top-ten pick, a chance to really start off fresh and make things right. Um, it's really an optimistic time for all teams. Every, every team fan base really thinks you're going to do well uh, in the draft. Aaron, it's just a day away, uh, the draft, draft weekend now, uh, the big first-round Thursday night. Uh, how are you feeling? Are you optimistic? And given what the Giants were able to do last year, especially grab – a superstar, in Odell Beckham. Uh, do you think the Giants can hit another slam dunk in that first round?
1: I think you always have to be optimistic on draft day. I mean, that's when the future of the team is built. And even if your team has a history of not landing the best prospects, you have no choice but to be optimistic on draft day. Or else what's the point of being a fan? You hope that this is the day that, your team drafts the players that can lift them to the Super Bowl, and certainly that's happened to the Giants in the past, whether it be in 2007 when they had almost all of the players in that class contribute to their Super Bowl win. And in in years past, Jerry Reese has had not a successful time, and, and it's impossible to have that much success in the draft year after year, but last year we saw them.
0: T- t- uh, t-
1: last year, we saw them find a superstar in Odell Beckham Jr., and we hope he continues to be a superstar. But I don't even know if the Giants should try to draft a player like that because if they do the boring thing and draft an offensive lineman like Brandon Trepp or Andrus Peet, then th- that player is not going to have the impact that Odell Beckham Jr. had just because those players are offensive linemen and Beckham was a wide receiver who would have broke all sorts of records had he played a full 16 games last year. So I think the right thing might not be the most exciting thing in this case, but that doesn't mean that the Giants should necessarily try to do a slam dunk. They should try to do what's best for the team that might be having a pick that's not as exciting as last year.
0: Yeah, I think most Giants fans would agree with you with that, um, especially last year the offensive line uh, was such a problem, and it's not what Giants fans are used to, especially when the team is playing well, the offensive line. has always been a huge part of that. And uh, making matters worse in terms of that is the Cowboys have been doing it uh, as well as anyone the past few years in terms of really investing in the offensive line, and it's paid off dividends for them. That's really hard to swallow if you're a Giants fan. I think the Giants will look to replicate that uh in this draft, at least in the first two rounds, I'm I'm feeling there'll be an offensive line to take it, uh, for sure. At least I, I think that that was just the right way to go. Um in terms of having the high draft pick though, um it's been it's been rough, rougher than usual uh for Jared Reese recently. When you talk about it, Justin Pugh hasn't really uh really, really panned out completely yet. Obviously the tragedy of uh David Wilson no longer being able to continue his career. Um player like Hakeem Nix, who was such a we'll call it a flash in the pan plan once injuries came came in. He was he was great for a while, helped the Giants win a Super Bowl. Um but now he's he's struggling to really find good work. He he signed the a really modest deal with the, the Panthers very recently. Um but when you look at the top fifteen picks that that uh Jerry Reese has had, uh we talk about Jason Pierre Paul and Odell Beckham that has been good. They've been going back before him. Uh the Giants really hit it, of course, out of the park with Eli Manning. He's been everything uh, everything the Giants hope they get uh, when they made that trade for him back in 2004. So uh, it is an exciting time uh, for the Giants. So every t- anytime you have that top 10 pick, I'm um, very excited for tomorrow. Just how how the entire draft unfolds. It's really an exciting time for all teams, as you mentioned. You have fans have to be optimistic for it. Um, before we do go too deep into the draft, uh, the, the schedule was released last week, and there's some very interesting things on it. Uh, Some highlights, uh, five primetime games, uh, playing the AFC East and the NFC South. Um, What were your takeaways, Aaron, when you first saw the schedule? What really got you excited?
1: What got me excited is that the Giants might be able to finagle their way into the playoffs if the NFC South is as bad as it was last season, although that's going to be nearly impossible. But the Saints did trade away Jimmy Graham. He's a guy who... Even if the Giants improve their safety situation, their linebacker situation in the draft, he was going to give the Giants serious trouble. So the, the schedule is really good news for the Giants. Although the AFC East should be really tough, the Bills are going to be a really tough defensive team. Uh, hopefully the Jets are still rebuilding, but you never know if they can find a quarterback, they can be in for a quick turnaround. The Giants seem to have success against the Patriots lately, although they haven't played them in four years, so you don't know about that. And uh, the division opponents are, are going to be tough as they usually are. You hope the Giants can beat the Redskins twice again and then, then hopefully split against the Cowboys and Eagles, who once again are going to be in contention for the division title unless Chip Kelly's quarterback strategy completely falls flat, but I don't expect that to happen, so... Uh, my first reaction was that they have a chance with the schedule, but they still the need to beat some tough divisional opponents. They can't get swept by the Eagles and Cowboys like they did last year. They have to find a way to beat those teams at MetLife Stadium. And they still have to be a better team. And hopefully they can beat the 49ers at home again. They have that game again where they, Elon Manning threw five interceptions last year and when it looked like they should have won the game. So, I think the opportunity is there, but we haven't seen the Giants take advantage of that opportunity since 2011. So I'm still waiting to
0: believe it until I see it. Yeah, I think when you look at the the division, uh, the Cowboys are still going to be the team to beat. I don't think anything's really going to change with them. I don't even think – I mean, DeMarco Murray, of course, is a a loss in terms of the production from just him, but I think they'll be able to uh, replace his production – uh, well enough. Even if they don't take a running back that highly, I'm sure they'll grab one in the first two rounds. Even if it's not the first round, but I think with their offensive line, you can really replicate your production with a stable of backs rather than, than just using the one. Um, I think the Eagles. Uh, they're I mean, what they're what they've been doing this offseason is nothing short of fascinating, and I'm sure they'll have uh, a few twists and turns in the draft as well. Um, but you still have to look at them as a team that uh, was 10 and 6 last year and can still be uh, a threat. And you look at uh, the Redskins, um, they have they have some uh, good vibes right now under Scott McCall, and it's a huge uh, first draft for him. Uh, You'll feel, you feel like they'll be a little better, but it all depends on uh, Robert Griffin Third. It sounds like they'll be uh, testing to see if he can really be the be the guy that'll probably be his, his last real shot this year. Uh, things that really stood out to me, though, uh, five primetime games, they all, uh, I think it's four. They uh, Of course, they open with the Cowboys. They play the Redskins on a th- uh, Thursday night. Uh, week three, week five, it's um, it's the 49ers on Sunday night, and the week after Monday night in Philadelphia. That's four four primetime games in the first six weeks. It's very interesting. Um, Giants will be doing a lot of waiting the first four, uh, five or six weeks, uh, playing, being one of the last teams to play. And uh, if if, the, if if the Giants are good, it'll be uh, it'll be good. But I think people will get out pretty sick of them pretty quickly if they if they start off slow again. Uh, with so many games in primetime. Of course going to play uh the, the fifth pre or the first uh prime the last excuse me prime time game in, in Miami, uh week fourteen. Uh much worse places to play than Miami, uh December fourteenth. Um and of course playing the Super Bowl champions is a is a big one. Uh as you mentioned, the Giants have had their number, especially on the biggest stage. Um but you uh it's as you also mentioned, they don't really play each other very often in the regular season. So any time that does happen an interesting matchup. And of course, uh week thirteen, hosting the Jets, though so they're both technically hosting. Um that's always an interesting matchup. They're not really rivals, but any they come together and play, it happens so infrequently. It's always it's always a very interesting matchup in the local area. And December, late December, if the Giants you know are in that playoff hunt, uh there nothing would be worse if the Jets could could uh hurt them in, in that respect as well. Um so lots alike in terms of uh in terms of the season. Uh, very exciting to have five primetime games come so early. And uh, as you mentioned, unless the Giants really can improve, they really have to focus on themselves, don't worry too much about who you're playing, uh, then you just you think they can have a successful season. Uh, let's move on to the draft. That's why we're talking uh, really, uh, really big deal coming up. Ninth overall pick. Um just wanted to guess your feelings in general, as uh, not quite on the Giants, but just as we get closer, uh, to the draft. What, what are you looking forward to in general? The the uh, the draft has become such a spectacle, especially the past four or five years, and, and they've done a really good job of creating all the buzz. What are you looking forward to in general, maybe not outside of the Giants?
1: Outside of the Giants, everyone wants to see where the quarterbacks are going. I mean, these two guys can shape the league for the next 10 years or so if they live up to the hype, and their questions is either one. Everyone wants to know if Mariota can play in a be a pocket passer in an NFL system. Everyone wants to know if Jameis Winston can go six months without making a negative headline out of himself. So I think uh Winston go first the Buccaneers and then I was I was really surprised when the mocks first started coming out. And Mariota was gonna drop until the Jets or he was going to drop until uh till maybe even beyond that, but now he's supposed to go second to the Titans, which really wouldn't be a surprise, because unless they see Zach Mettenberger uh, as their franchise quarterback, it's going to be hard for them to justify not taking the quarterback there. I mean, look at what happened to Houston last year. They took the best player available, supposedly, in Davion Clowney. He ends up getting hurt, and they end up having to play musical chairs at quarterback all year. If they had gone with the need and picked Teddy Bridgewater, that might be a playoff team because they didn't really get any use out of Clowney anyway. Now that doesn't mean you should always draft that way. Look at what the Giants did. The Giants didn't need a wide receiver last year, but they certainly made the right choice in Odell Beckham Jr. So there's arguments to be made for going with the need or going with the best player available. But for Tennessee at number two, I think the quarterback is what you should roll the dice on. But if they don't, it'll be interesting to see where Mariota goes because I think Jacksonville they might still they probably still believe in Blake Bortles. The Raiders they saw something in Derek Carr last year. We saw him have some really good games. He really flashed some potential. Washington just gave a virtual franchise tag to. Robert Griffin the third, and then the Jets would like to draft a quarterback at six, but they might not get the opportunity to if Tennessee passes and then the other three teams pass. So it's gonna be interesting to see where Mariota goes. And then it'll also be interesting to see where the talented defensive ends who have recently gotten in drug trouble, Randy Gregory, Shane Ray, could those guys drop to the Giants at nine, and if they drop to the Giants would the Giants Think of taking them, you know, given the Giants' preference for "quote unquote" character guys in the past. I would think that the Giants would also pass on those guys, though maybe not anything to get excited about. But it'll be interesting to see where those guys go, given their recent trouble in the
0: headlines. Yeah, those are two very interesting talking points. Uh, the the Mariota situation I find really fascinating right now because. Uh, the mock drafts—it's always—it's always interesting because once you get really close to the draft, you—you kind of get the sense that the—the the people that are that make the mock drafts for the really uh, big outlets, your NFL.com, the ESPNs, get the feeling that that they might have some insider information. They're—they're kind of hinting towards what they're being told. Uh, they pretty much all now have Mariota second to the Titans. Um, that seems to be a pretty consensus thing right now. Uh, we'll see if they do take him. I'm not quite sure they will. Uh, when when push comes to show up. Not that I wouldn't. I think he's a fantastic prospect. Uh, I I think they really like to get a ransom for any team moving up. Um, Interesting to see if they do get it, and if they don't, will they still take Mariota because they certainly could use him. Uh, I think they'd really like to take, if they could, uh, one of the top defensive prospects, Leonard Williams, who looks like the best prospect overall in the draft, or maybe a player like Dante Fowler or Vic Beasley, a pass rusher. Um, that's definitely something interesting to keep an eye on. If the, if Mariotta does start to fall, I don't see him falling any further than five, and I think if he does fall to five, the Redskins will be able to get a good uh, good package of picks for him. I don't think they'll take him, but I think that's a point where you think a team like the Browns, with their multiple first-round picks, uh, who seem to really like Mariota as well, uh, would move up. As you mentioned, the players, the... Uh, the two uh pass rushing prospects that have gotten into trouble recently. Very interesting to see what happens with them. Uh talk that they could both even fall out of the first round. Um it sounds like that's a little more uh possible with, with uh Shane Ray than Randy Gregory just because um Ray's Ray's uh issue with the uh with his uh arrest is a little more worrying in terms of when it happened. there's a little more questions in terms of uh intelligence there than uh gregory they're they're both under uh under the microscope certainly, and I think um with ray the foot the foot issue as well is something teams will have to be wary of um i don't I don't see them both falling out. I think it's something that uh teams at the bottom of the first round uh when they're just a, a player perhaps a pass rusher away from really putting them over their edge, I think they'll be willing to take a shot um but it could could just be another case of the rich getting richer there if you if you want to roll the dice. But um, as you mentioned, with Jerry Reese and, uh in character, I don't think the Giants would, would roll the dice on the first round. I think they're going to go. Uh, there's plenty of prospects for the Giants to choose where they can really get a player that can help right away, and that is clean off the field as well. I think that's where they'll go. One thing also I am interested to see is uh, who ends up with Todd Gurley, the running back from Georgia. It um, sounds like uh, the word is that he could go as high as top ten. I don't know which team would, would roll the dice on that given most of those teams need help on the offensive line. They'd really like a pass rusher. The receivers as well, there's uh, three receivers projected to go, top 15. Um, That could be a place those teams would prefer to go as well. With Gurley, you really wonder even if you're getting that instant impact, which is what I think a lot of teams would like from that top 15 pick, given his injury. But um, I'm interested to see where he goes, whether it could be a case of a team, uh, maybe like the Chargers at 17, getting him. Uh, which is kind of where he's projected to go. Or if a team does roll the dice, maybe the team like the Falcons at eight, that's been a project projected pick. Maybe the Jets surprise everyone and take him at six. Maybe uh, the Giants even look at him. That would be a surprise. Um, but it's very interesting to see where he goes as well.
1: Yeah, that would be another way to boost the running game besides – Drafting a guy like Paul Bunyan and, and Brandon Schreff, you get an actual running back who can really move the pile like Gurley. And I was interested to see how Georgia didn't seem to miss too much of a beat without Gurley last year. They kind of they kind of plugged in the backup and were able to run the ball just as successfully. So I might be overrating that, but Gurley, I think it, it would be a risk because he's a running back. He has a short shelf life uh, I've already invested in running back this off season, so it would be a pretty big risk for them to try to draft a playmaker like that but it could pay off like the Beckham pick it seemed like they were going for style over substance with that pick and it turned out to be the right choice so I'd like to see them improve the offensive line but there might be other ways to do that and um what do you think about when they select a safety? Because that's been an area of concern this off-season. They see Nantrell rolled apart. Uh, they don't seem to have a lot of interest in bringing back Stevie Brown or Quentin Demps. So it looks like they're going to have to choose someone in the draft unless they want to go with the young guys they already have: Nat Burhey, Cooper Taylor, guys who are unproven like that. But the top safety, Landon Collins, would be a really big reach at nine, so maybe they go the second round with that. What do you think about that?
0: That's a really interesting thing to look at because I don't, as you mentioned, you're definitely not going to take a safety at nine. When you look at the depth in the class, you really don't see a lot of depth in round two either. You wonder if it's even a situation where Landon Collins might even fall out of the first round and the Giants look to go up and get him. Instead uh, of waiting to see if he falls to their pick in the second round, um, but I'm really curious to th- about this because you would look at this roster and you say this is literally the biggest seed because they just don't have players there. Um, it's barely a question of talent, um, but though you could say if, if you're optimistic about Napier and Cooper Taylor, maybe you give them a shot. I, I just don't really know if you should be comfortable taking a safety at uh, in the first three rounds relative to the talent you can get. Elsewhere, So I wonder if this is a situation where do the Giants avoid safety, really, with those those top three picks where you really expect a contribution and just, uh, you know, you gamble, bring back maybe uh, Stevie Brown on the cheap and free agency or grabbing someone else, and then rolling the dice with multiple safeties later in the draft. Maybe you pick two or three and see if something could stick. Um, but I'm really interested to see because it's really – uh Landon Collins is, is held as the consensus safety. Uh, there's the safety at the Arizona State, uh Demarius Randall who's rising. Uh, I I get the feeling if he's if he's available in the second round, the Giants will look at him, uh give him a really hard look. Uh but there's reports that he could even go as high as late first round as well. It's really climbing up the board, uh, taking advantage of this week safety class. But um I'm really interested to see what happens with that because it's definitely the need, uh the big need on the on the roster, just given that there's not even players there, uh, was an issue last year and let on Anterol go. So the feeling is, if you let him go, are we go- are you going to get better here at safety, or is it just going to be a problem uh, once again? But um, definitely something to keep an eye on. Um, what do you think about safety? Yeah, I think it's
1: something the Giants should try to focus on in the second round. But given the strength of the prospects there, they they don't assuming they don't pick one in the first round. They should probably wait till third or fourth round to take someone, but if, like you mentioned, Demarius Randall out of Arizona State, Peter King even has the Eagles taking him over Landon Collins at number twenty. So, like you said, he's certainly a guy who's becoming a sexier name. He's definitely rising in the mock draft right up to the actual pick start being made now. So, so if he, you're right. If he available when the Giants pick comes around in the second round, uh, I would be upset almost if they didn't take him given that the position depth in the draft kind of falls, falls off at safety after that. So I am looking forward to the Giants making a move of that position. I think it's the weakest area on the team right now. And we saw them lose a lot of defensive backs injury last year. Now, Hopefully they'll be better at the position now that Prince of Gucamara is healthy. They still have Dominic Rogers Camardy on a big contract. So shoring up the back end could really prove dividends here. So I'm hoping, and I've, I've, I'm i sure the Giants know more about how how badly they need someone than I do. So I'm sure it's something they'll address, address uh, eventually. But you never know. Maybe they, they think a lot highly of Matt Burhey and Cooper Taylor than we think. So it'll be really interesting to see what the Giants do there, especially if if Randall or Collins still available in that second in that second round if they decide to take one of those guys. And if not, we're gonna really wonder what they're thinking.
0: Yeah, it's definitely something worth keeping an eye on, uh especially within the first two rounds where you expect to to get a starter if anywhere in the draft immediately. Uh, let's move on to the draft itself. Let's uh, let's put ourselves on the clock, see where we think uh, the Giants should go. Uh, start with the ninth pick. Um, perhaps give us a, a best-case scenario in your mind, and just really who you think when all is all said and done, who the Giants will be taking at ninth. Well,
1: I would go with Brandon Schreff still. I think he's the obvious pick, or Brandon Scherff <laughs> out of Iowa. <laughs> he's been compared to Paul Bunyan. He is just a big guy who can play either a tackle or a guard. Now, Andrus Pete has been rising above Scherf and some of these mocks, so the Giants will have to do their research. They will they will hopefully be able to choose one of those guys. Although there is a chance that both of them get taken before the Giants can select, and in that case, they might be. It might be smart to either go with Eric Flowers out of. Miami or go with one of the many defensive ends. There seem to be plenty of them. And if both Scherf and P are taken before the Giants select, there will probably be a defensive end left over that wasn't selected. So maybe go with that guy. I think if Ray and Gregory fall even into the second round, you have to look at them there. I just think these character guys end up falling – much farther than they should. Now we've seen teams get burned on character guys, but then you see something like Randy Moss happen every few years where he probably could have been the top overall pick in the 1998 draft. He falls to number 22 to a Vikings team, a team that was already talented, and they go 15-1 that year because no one can cover him. So if one of these guys, Gregory or Ray, is considered is, – as unblockable as they say he is, and he starts dropping the draft I and mean, then you have to start looking at them. But at number nine I would say go with the offensive tackle.
0: I like that pick. I can't fault uh Sheriff. he's really been the pick for the Giants uh almost since day one. You looked at the draft and said if the Giants can get this guy, uh you feel you feel good about it. Uh I would say my, my best case scenario for the Giants at nine. Well really best case if Leonard Williams start falling, I wonder if he'll look to trade up. Um, I wouldn't give up the house just because the Giants have so much, so many needs to fill. But that would be an interesting thing to explore because he'd really he'd turn the Giants' defense around for sure. Um, pass rushers, as you mentioned, I wouldn't take any of the two guys, definitely not a nine, the character guys. Um, wonder, you, you take a look at a guy that might fall. Uh, Bud Dupree is rising. Uh, he looks like a he could be a great defensive end in a Giants' scheme. If Vic Beasley is there, I don't think there's a better pass rusher at the draft than him. I think he, he really has special talent. Um, but my focus really, as is as yours, is on the offensive line. However, I'm going to go a different route. I'm going to say the Giants should look and take Andres Pete from Stanford. And my reasoning for that is that in terms of strip, I don't feel – I just kind of pronounce his name different every time I say to <laughs> but uh, I don't – I wonder if Sheriff really can play uh, tackle to the level that he could play guard. Um, Whereas I think uh, Pete can come in, he can be a right tackle from day one. And then if you wonder if Will Beattie, if you wonder about his long-term future, then you have your ready-made left tackle uh, that you can swing over uh, with Pete there um, in the future. And in terms of what the Giants are looking to do on the offensive line, Um, I think the right tackle is more important than the right guard because they really seem to want to move pew inside. And I think it'll be a situation where if you get the right, right tackle, you can really make a lot of positions better and really turn the offensive line around. And I think that's really the key. The Giants want to be competitive in 2015. It's getting a solid all around offensive line and everything, all the benefits that come with that, both in the running game and keeping Manning upright. Um, so I think that would be my pick there. I can't fault Sheriff because he looks like a player that you can plug in. He's durable. Next 10, 15 years you have, you have a player that you can depend on, and, and that's really what you want at, at in a top 10 pick. So I can't fault that logic. I just I like Pete a little bit more for the Giants.
1: Yeah, I couldn't fault the Giants for taking either player. I think Pete is could be rising past Sheriff on the draft boards, but the Giants have their own draft board, so if they're going to pick whichever player they feel is best, the real question is, do they go with the offensive tackle, or do they go with those really shiny defensive ends? where there's a lot of them, and there probably will be one at nine, where the Giants might not be able to resist, so I think that'll be an interesting thing to watch out for, and looking at all these mock drafts, I think we have a, a really unpredictable draft on our hands, especially if is Tennessee doesn't take Mariota. Like you said before, there may might be a team that's going to reach up and grab him, and that'll really flip the tables on everyone. I know the last time I thought the Giants were going to take a tackle out of Iowa, they ended up drafting a quarterback. So if, <laughs> we'll see if that happens again. Sure. That was when they were supposed to take Robert Gallery, and he ended up – I think he went second overall to the Raiders in 2004. And then I the think he did, yeah. Ever, yeah, So – yeah, I'm really so if you excited.
0: you want to talk about a bullet dodge, though? What? I just said, if you want to no, talk about cer- a bullet
1: dodge. Yeah, they certainly made the right decision in that draft, too. Just like I thought they were going to go in a uh, in a different direction last year, and they picked a wide receiver, who I didn't think – I didn't think they'd, go, they'd draft a wide receiver in the whole draft, and they ended up taking a real stud there. So, uh, they, Jerry Reese certainly knows better than me lately, so – after last year, you have to trust him to make
0: the right decision
1: and uh, for what's best for that team.
0: Absolutely. And let's look to round two because that's really an interesting spot. If you go round one, teams go for the the best marriage of, of value and need they can find, typically because you can, you're can you just choosing from better players, you have a better chance of filling that immediate need. Uh, the second round, you, there's really more variables. You feel like teams are really just going for value, getting the best player of those that fall from the first round. Um, that you can. Uh, What do you think about where the Giants should go with that second-round pick after taking that offensive lineman at the first? Yeah, I
1: think there's a lot of different directions they can go. Obviously, we've already discussed safety. Uh, There's other needs on the team. You can never have enough pass rushers. So once that first crop runs out, there are other guys like Preston Smith out of Mississippi State that'll probably be available in the second or even the third round. You hope that someone like although someone like Eric Armstead out of Oregon's probably not going to fall down to the second round. So you might get more value with a surprise pick like Max Williams out of Minnesota. He's a tight end. We know the Giants have struggled to find a player at that spot over the past couple of years. So. I think there are a lot of directions they can go. I'd like to see safety, tight end, uh, maybe a pass rusher if one of the guys we saw, we talked about falls out of the first round. Um, so those are just a couple of directions they can go. I know I know uh, Shaq, Shaq Thompson out of Washington taken a tumble lately. It'll be interesting to see if he lasts well into the uh, second round or not. Um, it really comes down to... I mean, at any point in the draft, is about value, but especially in the second round, like, there might be a lot of players available that you thought would be off the board in the first round.
0: Yeah, you mentioned a few interesting names there. Uh, Max Williams, I think, is one the Giants should really keep an eye on. Uh, the best tight end in the draft. Could very well fall to them in, this, in the second round. That would be good value. Um, Jack Thompson, maybe you mentioned, too, also one to keep an eye on. Um, if he is there in the second round, it sounds like he could well be interesting to see if the Giants look at him, especially because he is that, he's sort of a linebacker safety tweener. I don't think the Giants would look at him as a long term safety, but having a a chess piece, a versatile uh player like him, perhaps that could negate to some extent the uh the lack of quality the Giants have right now uh in terms of safety. If they're not they're just gonna go ahead and grab a pure safety as well. Um one spot though I'm really looking at is the depth that receiver and it might not seem like a immediate need with Odell Beckham and uh, Victor Cruz, who you hope is healthy. But I I look at the Giants to take one here because the value is so strong. Uh, a player that's been rising that I do like is Devin Smith out of Ohio State. Um, I think he, he's the best deep threat in the draft, and I think Eli Manning certainly This is one of those from the older days of Gilbride just ch- chucking deep to players like Hakeem Nix going up and get it. A player like Ruben Randall hasn't really been that consistently, and this is a, probably, or could be, his last year as a Giant, and if he doesn't really pick it up, it could be a situation where the Giants are looking for that ready-made replacement. Um, you really wonder about Victor Cruz, um, how how healthy he'll be, what it'll be like when he returns. Um, and I really just I think the key for the Giants' defense is definitely important. Not to downplay that safety, that big need is important. Um, but for Eli Manning and and really getting the team back on track, I think to invest in Eli Manning over these next say 4 or 5 years if we're being optimistic. Uh he's probably going to sign a new deal. I don't think there's really question about that. It's just be a matter of time, but I feel like you really want to invest in him, build around him as best you can. Um especially the promise he showed so, uh last year in this new system uh that does as a base formation rely on three receivers. So receivers are even more important. I think getting him weapons is is pivotal. And keeping them stocked with them as well. So I'm going to go with Devin Smith, wide receiver, more more value pick than a need, but I think you can use them right away as well.
1: Yeah, I like Devin Smith a lot. I think he was he might be really underrated coming out of an Ohio State program that really focused on running the ball last year. Well, when they did throw, Smith was a major target, and I. Think he's a really nice prospect. He can really go up and get it, even though he's only about six feet tall. He's like you said. He's a he's a great deep threat. So I, I like that pick a lot. I realize they do need depth at wide receiver, but I think I'd rather them them go after the tight end. I was really think Bang loves going to the tight end when he has a good one. And it was nice when we thought we had a future. Great player in Larry Donnell, but maybe he was more of a flash in the pan. They need to go get someone with a little more upside. So There's also some running backs that are going to be available. That's really deep. They could probably wait even more on running back if they choose to add to their stable there, although with Andre Williams still in the fold, they might not feel the need to do that. But in the second round, you have guys like Amir Abdul out of Nebraska, Kevin Coleman out of Indiana. Uh, I think Kevin Coleman was one of the most underrated players in college football last year, so if they get him in the third or fourth round, I think that would be a steal, but there are a lot of needs on this team. Running back isn't necessarily one of them, but could be a spot where there is some value.
0: Certainly. Uh, that's definitely one of the value spots in the draft. Um, whether the Giants will take one is another story, but I don't think you can say they they need one per se, but I don't think it's a situation where you're going to be turned off by great value either if it does if it does come the Giants' way. Um, the tight end, as you mentioned, I think that's a – I would have Max Williams as one of the top names on the board if he's available. I'd give him a really hard look. Um, I'm not sold on Lerjanaugh long-term. It doesn't sound like you are either. We really um, wavered. He had such a great start, but I think we both wavered on him as as the season went on. Um, so I do like that option. As you mentioned, Eli Manning typically – likes to use that tight end as well. So um, I think that's that's a definite logical pick and one I can get on board with as well. As we go to the third round, you really start to look at, at value more. Um, it'd be interesting to see where they go here. It could be a spot where you grab a running back if you think the value is good. Um, but to me, it's a good chance to take a shot on someone. Um, a few names I like, uh, Clive Wolford, the tight end, out of Miami. He could be an option. Uh, underrated pass-catching option, uh, the top senior tight end available. I think you'd look at, at him, if you don't take one in round two, to continue just getting getting Eli Manning weapons. Maybe it's overkill, um, but I I do think it's it's a spot to look at. Also, another Miami prospect, Denzel Perryman, the linebacker, if he's available, uh, I think you look at what John Beeson is, uh, what you like, what he offers when he is on the field, you might be able to get that with Perryman as well. There's definitely some similarities there. Um, the key being Perriman is more durable. Oh, that's going to be, be the issue with uh, with Beeson and any replacement. You don't want his replacement to be uh, in the infirmary just as much as he is. Um, another prospect uh, I've seen linked is uh, Daniel Hunter, a pass rusher from LSU. He's really raw. Could be similar to, to drafting Demontre Moore a few years ago. Uh, perhaps you look at him because the upside is definitely there. Um, but I, th- I think round three, the Giants shouldn't feel like they can't get another useful player perhaps a player that can play right away as well. So I think uh, I would look towards one of the Miami prospects. I would look at the linebacker. I would look at uh, tight end as well if if the Giants go receiver in the second round and really make it offensive-centric um, with, with those weapons. I think Eli Manning would love that. And I think if he, if he had any doubts on signing that new contract, I think he'd, he'd sign it at that point uh, with all the weapons available. But also perhaps a linebacker because the Giants aren't really showing that position a lot of respect in terms of top draft value could be a player they look at as well.
1: Yeah, those are all interesting players, especially getting a project like that in the third round. Probably could be a guy who's worth the risk because he started getting to the territory Well, where a lot of these guys might not make it three or four years in the league. So if the Giants don't get a safety in the first two rounds, I think Anthony Harris out of Virginia is someone who could they definitely look at. We talked about the drop-off after the first two guys, Collins, and and the uh, prospect from Arizona State could, could both go in the first round. The Giants could be stuck in a tight spot there. So if they're stuck like that, I think Harris out of Virginia is the way to go. He's played both. Safety positions in college, and he could be a guy that they just need to fill talent at the safety position, and they can grab him in the third
0: round. Yeah, I guess that's that's the main gripe with what I I projected for the Giants here is that I, I don't really I don't really give them a safety early on. I would say uh, we don't have to go too too deep into the next into the day three rounds, um, but and how I, I have my draft going, I would look to take you know two two defensive backs, uh, safeties primarily, maybe even three, if you want to throw in a corner at some point. Um, the Giants do have, uh, I think it's two two seventh-round picks, so they have uh, more picks than than typical on day three of the draft. Uh, I would go for depth. I'd be interested to see if they do take a, a developmental develop, no quarterback. Um, there's been some speculation that maybe they'll look at one in the mid-rounds if Eli Manning doesn't sign the contract. I don't think that's really going to do anything. In terms of 2016, if the Giants don't – if the by far worst-case scenario happens, which I I don't see any way it does happen, if the only thing leaves the Giants as a free agent next year, I don't think you can take a prospect in round four and hope – or even any of the two guys pass round one and say they'll be their starter in 2016. Um, but in terms of the long term, if you don't feel comfortable with Ryan Naseeb, and that's really – that's something Tom Coughlin – uh, ben McAdoo will have to decide themselves because he's been in the league a little while. He could leave in free agency. Um if you if you're looking for a good de- developmental prospect in the later rounds, maybe take a guy like uh Sean Mannion from uh from Oregon State or uh the the prospect Brandon Bridge, um I think it's South Alabama. He he's got some late round buzz. But uh maybe do that. Otherwise perhaps you look at the running backs if, if the depth falls as well. But I would definitely look to stock up in the secondary in terms of what I, what I feel I've done in, my, in the first three rounds and try to grab as much talent as you can and see if uh, you can get a steal, see if the competition amongst those players. I know that's something Parcells like to do. Grab, grab multiple players at the same position and see what rises to the top in, in the same draft. Could be, could be a good idea to do there.
1: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they do in the later rounds, especially if they miss, miss miss out on some needs in the first couple rounds. We didn't even talk about the possibility of them going wide receiver in the first round. That was discussed a few weeks ago. Now everyone's back on board the tackle train. But just a few weeks ago, people were talking about Devontae Parker out of Louisville being a player they might go after in the first round. So if the Giants go wide receiver there, they're going to be probably – picking off the uh, scrap heap of tackles and safeties in the later round. So that might end up being a key spot for them. Uh, They're probably not even going to think about quarterback if they go with the skill position player, like if they go after Curly or Gurley, or if they go after Parker in the first round, they're going to have to be probably picking out a position of need in the later round. But maybe if they fill it with, guys we think they need, like like Scherf or safety, then you go with the developmental quarterback after that. So I think it's what they do in the later rounds is really dictated by what they decide to do in the first two rounds.
0: Definitely. And I, I would say if the Giants do take one of those flashier picks in the first round, whether it's one of the top two receivers falls in some way, I think the Giants would definitely take a hard look at those. Uh, Devontae Parker I don't really think is that far behind either of them. So if they, if they took him, I wouldn't be completely shocked. But if you did go for that kind of player and you take the flash in the first round, I would be bothering the Giants' war room. I'd be banging the table in the second round to grab one of those those second-tier tackles, uh, of which there there should be a, at least one or two left over at the Giants' pick unless there's a, ma- a massive run at the beginning of round two ahead of them. Um, I, I just think that's that's definitely the most important thing to me in terms of the short-term, what you want the Giants to do in this draft to compete possibly in, in this upcoming season is to get that starter on the offensive line that can help right away and really be the missing piece that the Giants are lacking and have the line come together. Um, so I, I think in terms of need, you're absolutely right. If you don't take the offensive line in, in the first round, I don't see how you can not take him round two um, in terms of where where you want to be um, later on in the season. But um, it's going to be an interesting week for sure as we get our weekend as as the draft happens. It's always an exciting time. Uh, that's just about it for the show. Um, we, we're pretty much in agreement that the offensive line is the way to go in round one. Uh, Aaron likes Brandon Sharef, which I can get definitely get on board with, but I, I do prefer Andres Pete, the tackle from Stanford. Um, uh, Aaron definitely wants a safety in the first three rounds, which, again, definitely can get on board with that. The Giants will need one. Uh, definitely the biggest hole on the roster right now. I do like the weapon out of Ohio State, though, in round two, Devin Smith. I think it will be a valuable receiver there. And uh, in round three, I'll say one of the Miami prospects, maybe it's the tight end, Clive Walford, maybe it's the linebacker, Denzel Perryman. Um, but uh, I think the Giants can definitely improve. I think we're in agreement with that, with this draft. And I think that's key. I don't think the Giants can have any passengers uh, in their first two rounds. um if they do want to compete, especially with how free agent went, not a lot of key signings, so perhaps you'll twist the draft with those top two top 40 picks to make that happen. Um, that is all we have time for, however. Thank you all for listening. Uh, this is the draft preview. Uh, be sure to check us out. Uh, within a week or so after the draft, we'll see how accurate our predictions were, um, whether we're happy with what the Giants did or maybe a little less optimistic. And, of course, with the Eagles, the Cowboys looking for stuff, uh, running back. Uh, perhaps some defense where they have definitely have needs. Of course, the Redskins are actually ahead of the Giants in the draft. We'll definitely uh, focus on what the NFC East in general has done and perhaps handicap that race a little bit as we go forward. Thank you all for listening. This is David Aiken with Aaron York, and we will see you guys next week.